generally speaking, every thought that I have is a rabbit trail. And yet sometimes the trails connect. The other day I was contemplating some of the things that we lose. You know, we can lose confidence or we can lose ambition or our marbles. <laughs> um, and as this was happening, I was looking in the corner and I saw something. It was all covered with dust. And so I went over to pick it up and brush it off. And as I did that, it was like uh, some revelation came to me. Because it was an idea that I'd con- I had been considering lately. And that was, how is it that I can uh, somehow devise a tool to more effectively communicate with people that I know and love and with people who know and love me? Um, because I don't have the time or ability to make, uh, you know, 300 phone calls a week. Um, how, do I, how do I deal with this? And as I was dusting this thing off... I looked at it with astonishment because it was the very thing that I needed to accomplish um, what it was that I was desiring. You know what it was? The Team Talk Podcast. Team Talk Episode 14, Stories Told in Villainous Monologue. realize that not everyone who monologues is a villain. That's what I'm going to be doing today. Uh, You know, I don't think the content that I'm speaking on is villainous. And yet at the same time, um, the fact that I am monologuing to a microphone, it might make me a villain. I mean, I'm explaining, uh, I'm talking about things that I do. I'm explaining why I do them, which is exactly what a villain does. I'm falling right into that trope. Uh, in many ways, too, um, preaching. No, <laughs> preaching's not villainous or monologuing. <laughs> but um, hey, you know what? I'm back at Team Talk. I'm without my co-pilot today, Tara, my lovely wife, who stood me up for this one. But I think we can still do this, even without her. Um, Tara, it's a huge loss to not have you here. I think that I can keep you mildly interested and mildly entertained while you are driving to work or pretending to work or trying to go to sleep. Perhaps you would like to fall asleep to Team Talk. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think we can pull this off. And the good news is then, without Tara here, is that I have no sensor and I have no fact checker, which means that I can basically say anything that I want to, um, which will be even more entertaining. About a month ago now, Finnegan was baptized, um, and this was very exciting. <laughs> oh, man, it was so exciting. You know, the whole church, we carpool to the beach. Everyone stands on the beach. Um, I've got like a five-minute baptism sermon and then uh, pray Luther's flood prayer. And then we step down into the water, Finnegan and I, and... Uh, He makes his confession. The church hears it, affirms him in it. Do the baptism, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then as he's down in the water, I I grab onto the the back of his shirt. I pinch it. And when he's trying to raise back up, just 
hold them down there for a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, he, you know, funny enough, he didn't seem to notice uh, because I had warned him, you know, this is, this is business time for me, Finn. I'm both your father, the one that's been called to preach to you on a daily basis, but then also the one that gets to be your preacher on the weekend too and proclaim that gospel to you. And um, all that to say, though, uh, he he just thought it was the tide coming in. So I was a little bit disappointed by that, uh, that playful moment getting um, washed away, as it were. But, uh, man, you know, he, he's a funny kid. He's a very practical kid, and he's very wise. Mm, he's very intelligent, right? I mean, none of us are wise when we're young men. Uh, what did I hear someone say recently? Y you can use another man's intelligence, but you can't use another man's wisdom, right? You can't be wise with another man's wisdom. And so uh, he's a very intelligent kid. And the practicality of baptism, um, as far as, you know, people being happy for him, he was very confused by that. Uh, and why was everyone so happy? It was just like him coming into the church. He's already been a part of the church for so long and said, Finn, no, no, it's right that everyone's happy for you and excited to be welcoming you in. Just just accept it, dude. Just allow it. <laughs> and having to uh, work with him, um, not only through the theological things and the, the personal things, but through the, the practical side of it, too. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time. Uh, it was a blessing to the whole church. And we've got a couple more uh, younger people that need to go through a bit more of a catechism process uh, before they can really express their faith in a way that I think uh, is good not only for them but for the whole church body. And so we're looking forward to at least a couple more baptisms coming up in 2022. Speaking of 2022, I'm sitting in the church office right now recording this, and in front of me is a piece of scrap paper that a couple of weeks ago uh, I had actually written down the notes for this podcast that I thought to myself, oh, okay, these would be some good talking points. And then I set it aside and haven't had time, you know, because of multiple Christmas services and whatnot. And as I open up this piece of scrap paper, uh, because it's a big sheet of paper, I uh, see that it's all the notes that I took for planning out the church year in 2020, which is very convenient because going into 2022, I feel like I've got no idea which direction. There's so many directions that we need to go in that have come up from falling behind for the last two years, just kind of floating in space. And I'm sure that many of you can relate to this in different areas of your life. And so, hey, look, it was a huge relief to me to find these notes from 2019 because I get to reutilize these ideas. <laughs> um, some things have changed. You know, most things have, have changed for the better. Um, and COVID was not a growing time in the church. But I will say that it was a strengthening time. That has definitely happened. And I'm excited to see the kind of growth that can come out of that strengthening, out of uh, people and the whole church body facing resistance. So, yeah. All right. Uh, one thing in 2022 
uh, although he started in 2021, is that I have a new ministry, what do we want to call him? The intern? Mm, I don't love it. The resident. I'm going to call him the resident. His name's Joshua. And Joshua, I'll have him on Team Talk here in upcoming weeks. Great guy, 23 years old. He comes from a very charismatic church background. Uh, actually, I would say maybe hyper-spiritual church background. Basically, if you could put together all the conspiracy theories of the COVID era, his Christian life, if you would call it that, has essentially been a bunch of tied together spiritual conspiracy theories. <laughs> and so over the past year, he started coming to church uh, in February of 2021. And so over this last year of actually uh, taking in some good preaching, um, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm touting myself there. Uh, sorry about that. And lots of lots of hours of discipleship and pouring into him. Uh, back in October, then he started as a, a resident, uh, a ministry resident in the church. He's on holiday right now, and uh, he's had a little bit of a break. So I'm excited to get him back here in the office. And he's he's grown and developed enough to where here in the next couple of weeks and months, he's actually someone that can come alongside me in the ministry and um, it's going to be such a huge relief to us as a family and to me personally. And speaking of holiday, uh, you know the kids have been out of school now since the beginning of December. They don't go back till the 19th of January. Our house has been busy. It's been loud and uh, I'm still loving it, right? It's that that blessed noise. <laughs> and um, at the same time, I've got projects to do around the house, which are hard to do with kids there. I'm supposed to be putting up a, a pergola, you know, a little pavilion on our porch. Um, but I, I can't decide whether there should be a roof on it. I want to do some more traditional timber framing with it. And yet that's going to take more time and it's going to take concentration. Two things I don't have when the kids are at home. The other thing, the other project I need to do in our house is a pegboard. You know, you probably... Look, guys, if you're listening, your wife probably has one pinned on Pinterest, okay? And you know, it's these things you mount up to the wall. You've probably built one. It's probably better than mine will be. You mount the plywood up on the wall. You drill holes prior to mounting it. And then you use pegs. And you got lots of different hangers up there for different sizes of coats and bags and so on and so forth. Um, well, get this. During the during the Christmas season, all building shuts down. So if you want building supplies, you got to get them uh, before the 10th of December, let's say, before the 15th of December. Well, I went to the hardware store to buy a large sheet of plywood, of nice plywood. And I got there and they said, uh, sorry, we can't sell this. And there was a huge stack of them. I said, you can't sell me one piece of plywood? And the guy said, so what are you going to do with it? Well, I'm going to build something with it. Are you a builder? Well, no, I'm not a builder. Oh, sorry, I can't sell you the plywood. Hold on, why can't you sell me the plywood? Well, because builders might need it. I said, well, I'm a builder. You are? What are you building? I'm building a thing. I got to hang up the thing on the wall. It needs plywood. 
And then he sold me the plywood. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that, that whole interaction. Everywhere I go here, it's, it's funny. I, I, South Africans are totally cool with this. But me, as being the goofy foreigner that I am, when people ask me what I'm going to do with a particular thing, it really throws me off, right? I mean, I've never checked out at Target before and someone said, what are you going to do with that DVD? I'm I'm gonna watch it, right? No, no one asks that question. What are you gonna What are you gonna do with that shampoo? No one asks the question, and so everywhere I go here, though, you know, I could be buying a bag of marshmallows, and and the the person at the checkout counter, the till, will say, "So, what are you making with this?" I'm, to which, usually, I just give a bit of a cheeky response, right? Actually, I'm gonna go to my car and and pound thirty five marshmallows. Um, have you ever heard of, what is that? Is it Fuzzy Bunny, right? Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. Building, I'm a builder now. So congratulations to me. I'm a builder and I use plywood to build things, even though I haven't done it yet. And in fact, last week I got out of doing the project because we went away for a couple of days. We went away to another nearby town um and stayed at a house with a pool <laughs> which was really great the kids loved it there was also this uh nice big forest nearby and so the boys and i got to uh found find a bunch of dead trees and whatnot and i always have my my i don't know if it's, it's a not a survival knife that's a bit dramatic it's a bushcrafty knife i've always got that thing with me and so we started making a little fort it took us a couple of hours but we we completed it finnegan was very proud of it kian was uh mostly just excited that he then had shade to sleep under instead of the dirt hill that he was uh, laying on previous to that he, he he's a usually pretty good worker uh, in fact, we went for a ruck, um, when was it? On Saturday. This is a Monday, I'm talking to you. Uh, we went for a ruck this past Saturday up the mountain. Um, I've got a backpack that I load up with what would be, I think it's the equivalent of 63 pounds. Is that true? Yeah, 63 pounds. And so I load that up and go up this really steep path on the mountain. Finnegan loads up his backpack with all of our water bottles, which ends up being quite heavy. And Kian uh, just trudges up the mountain. And the boy's got strong little legs. He did a great job. Uh, in fact, we came across a couple of people on the trail that were encouraging him and just saying, wow, can't believe that you're doing something like this. <laughs> he seemed unfazed by it, but he did. I saw him. When they said that, he puffed out his chest and he put his hands on his hips like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> uh, although there was a certain point on the ruck that I had to put him on my shoulders, which he weighs just a couple pounds lighter than my rucksack. So what? I ended up carrying um, 121 pounds. <laughs> On my on my back and shoulders up the mountain, which is pretty hilarious, I gotta say. 124 pounds. <laughs> um, I I was wondering just recently if I was capable of that. I had just finished a book called The Comfort Crisis, 
And uh, we're in the book, the author goes uh, caribou hunting, and he and the two people that he's on the hunt with in the in the Arctic backcountry, <laughs> they have to each carry a hundred pounds of caribou meat on their backs for uh, in awful amount of time, right, and distance. And so I was thinking to myself, I wonder if I could even carry that much. But Kean actually showed me that I can carry that much. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we got to build the fort, and we got to go to this wine farm while we were away on holiday. That was really cool. Um, we actually don't drink wine, but uh, the, uh, the farm itself was cool. It had a bakery, and it had a place where they uh, processed, they had their own butchery. Um, they also had this garden that, for lack of better terms, was Edenic. It was absolutely gorgeous. I've never actually seen anything like it before. I mean, it had a whole section of the garden that was citrus and then um, stone fruits and then apples and pears and then flowers and herbs and vegetables and it was huge i don't even know how big the thing was but it was huge and here's the best part about it because it was a garden also it was mostly shaded that is plus ninety-five thousand points in my book um and the bakery made awesome bread and the meat was good it had some biltong or like beef jerky um, everything about this place was great. So I, I don't actually know if that's what Eden was like per se, but, um, yeah, probably not far off, which just for the record, going back to the, uh, bushcrafting knife, it might seem a bit overkill. I mean, I've always carried a pocket knife, uh, but I have found that having a larger knife with a more honed blade has come in handy so many times, especially with larger family. Because there is always a need to make sandwiches, to cut off pieces of meat, uh, or to cut off pieces of bread, right? Which I did all three of at that garden with my knife. Um, although there are downsides to carrying a larger knife. On our way home from that trip, we stopped uh, to do some grocery shopping. I had to go to a like a cafe with uh, Finnegan and Maeve because we had Muddy with us and Muddy can't go into the grocery store. So we go, we sit down at the cafe, I order the kids a muffin, I get a cup of coffee and the muffin, it's, it's too large, it's too unruly to just tear apart. And so I pull out my knife to slice the muffin into quarters so that everyone has an equal amount of the muffin between Finnegan and Maeve that is. And I notice as I'm cleaning off my blade and putting it back into my waistband that um, these two guys at the table next to us are staring at me. And uh, what, do you, what do you say, right? It's kind of like the hardware store situation. I don't need to explain what I'm doing. <laughs> so I just gave the guys uh, kind of a, a look. I, I would maybe call the look a bit menacing. Uh, and they instantly turned away and didn't say one thing about my knife. And <laughs> I, I, was it good of me? No, probably not. It's my natural inclination, which we would usually call sin. And yet at the same time, the good news was I didn't have to do an evil monologue about why I carry a knife with me like that. <laughs> 
So that was one added benefit to my menacing look. Although upon further reflection, I did ask myself, if that look came so natural, how often do I give the look and I don't even notice it? How often do I uh, give that look when I'm preaching and I don't even notice it? Perhaps that's why so many people look at me so strangely while I'm preaching or uh, close their eyes. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, uh, I don't think that anyone is worried about my menacing look. Uh, I don't think I'm giving that while I'm preaching. Uh, yesterday, uh, church, that church went well yesterday. You know, a Sunday for our family is an interesting thing. Um, right now at church, we only have a 10 o'clock service, which is really great. Um, our Sunday school service usually takes place at 9 o'clock, which means I typically have to get to church around 8 o'clock to start the setup process. But the school that we meet in is uh, obviously out for the Christmas holiday right now. Uh, the holiday holiday. And um, I we don't have to tear anything down, which means we can just leave everything set up and I can show up, you know, 20 minutes before church starts, turn on the hot water for coffee, and uh, that's been really great. But, you know, typically a Sunday does get just a little bit crazy. Um, our kids uh, are great about getting ready for church and getting to church and, and being good sports at church. Uh, yesterday, uh, Tara enlisted them, and they all willingly went with her to assist with the babies during the 10 o'clock service. And uh, I preached. Uh, we're in, this year, we're following the uh, electionary. And so uh, this year, it's mostly in Luke's gospel, though we dip in and out of the lectionary. So we have this catechetical series where last year we did a series on the Ten Commandments and on the Lord's Prayer. And then this year will be a short series on, uh, what's it called? <laughs> the Apostles' Creed. And then also got a couple other series that will intersperse throughout the year while dipping in and out of Luke's gospel. And so yesterday we were in Luke chapter 20. Nope, scratch that. Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 40 to the end of the chapter. And uh, this is when Jesus is presented at the temple as a 12-year-old, um, where he is ceremonially becoming a man, as it were, where he is fully placed as an individual under the weight of the law. And so that sermon took the shape of Jesus being uh, placed under the law to redeem those who were under the law, um, as Paul says and uh, talking about, uh, you know, Mary losing Jesus for three days, a good foreshadowing to his being in the grave for three days, um, and a preparation for Mary there as well. But, uh, yeah, it, it was just a good service. Good service, had uh, visitors and family of our fan church families in from out of town, and so, a uh, really encouraging Sunday, and uh, a real fun passage of Scripture to be preaching. And in that, in that same passage, we see uh, Jesus having the favor of God upon him. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to consider how Jesus has that favor that is then given 
to us in his death. And um, yeah, I'm excited for Luke's gospel this year. Uh, but as we continue on thinking through a Sunday, you know, we've also got um, after church, the fellowship time usually lasts for a while. Typically, there's teardown, although uh, that didn't happen yesterday. The locking up process and making sure that everyone's uh, leaving the church is always important, setting the alarm system, so on and so forth. Getting home, uh, it seems like there's always something coming up, either with the foster care homes or something on a Sunday. And then in, on Sunday evening, uh, one of the things, one of the cool things that Tara gets to do is go and collect groceries that are about to go off at the grocery store. So they're just before or just at their expiry date. And she goes and collects them uh, to take them to the foster care houses. And the grocery store that we collect from, I, I hate to call it the fancy store because realistically speaking, food prices here are just expensive. And yet at the same time, um, when you go to this grocery store, you know the produce will probably last a day or two longer. And that's what makes it super fancy. <laughs> also, their, their cuts of meat are, are very nice. But anyway, um, you know, it's great to see this food uh, of such high quality uh, to pick it up and to deliver it to the kids and to know that they're getting really good food and they have really decent diets, you know. Um, and uh, yesterday, however, because it's the end of the Christmas season and the New Year's season, the grocery store had a lot of leftover food. And when I say a lot, um, it was 250 kgs of food, uh, kilograms of food. Let me just do the math on that real quick. I know that I should uh, be able to do that in my head, but I still can't. 250 kg, two pounds. What are we at? <laughs> 551 pounds of food. And so yesterday between our, our van and our car and then someone else's car, we collected 551 pounds of meat and produce and bread and dairy product. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's an adventure each week. Usually the trips aren't that big, but that was our whole evening yesterday. And so Sundays are always busy, uh, but not you know, the way you would typically think of it with church, with multiple church services in the morning, the evening. Um, I'll just say that Sundays are busy with a diversity of things, right? So as much as our church, Anchored Baptist Church, you know, uh, we always say that we're working to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear good news and as we scatter to share it. And um, as much as our town has diversity and our church has diversity, and you know, we're talking about the way people look, uh, the way people dress, we're talking about economically, we're talking about all kinds of things. The diversity of things that we get to dive into and be involved in is just as vast. And um, that makes the kinds of busyness that we have uh, vastly diverse <laughs> and uh yet it's always let's just say it like this tara keeps our lives exciting and so tara i know you're probably not still listening to this but if you are i love you babe thanks for keeping our life and ministry exciting but the time has come and all good things must come to an end 
or, you know, like moderately okay things must come to an end as well. And so for now, uh, this is Wade signing off, and we'll talk later.